Welcome to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. We look at revitalization in real time, examining the ups and downs of revitalizing and replanting historic and legacy churches throughout New England and the U.S. Now here's your hosts. And welcome back to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. I'm your host, Don McKinnon, and with me is my lovely wife and much better looking than my normal co-host. Natalie. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, Eric is away. We're, we're going to say this. Eric and Sarah are enjoying their wedding anniversary in Walt Disney World, so I'm going to hear a lot of... Um, Happy anniversary, Eric and Sarah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hear a lot of uh, what I'm what I what I'm not seeing down at um, uh, what is it in Disney uh, Galaxy's Edge. Of course, we know a couple of years ago he went and he came back with lightsaber. So, yep. uh, Eric, if you don't know that, Eric is a huge Star Wars fan, um, and Sarah is a huge Disney fan. So that is that is their by anniversary. I don't know if that's the correct thing. Every two years they go down there for oh, their okay. anniversary. How many years have they been married? Oh, man. Uh, 10 years? 11, 12 years? I forget. Okay. okay. I, I want to say last year was their 10th. That's what or I think. Or the last time. The last time that they went was their 10th. So this yeah. is their 12th, I right. think. Right. Okay. So, anyway. Yeah. So well, we hope they have a good time. Yeah, he's been he he's needed a good time. You know, yeah. he's he's been They uh, both have. He's been doing a lot of stuff, so. Yeah. Anyway, so with that, I am drinking a nice cup of coffee out of a Greenville Baptist Church mug. Greenville is our sister church. So, uh it's kind of it's kind of one of those weird things where I get to drink from a cup from our from a church we planted, but Yeah. Anyway, um so, what's been going on? We got. Uh, by the way, if you hear any drilling or, or weird noise in the background, <laughs> um, so we have a lot of construction going on within the church building. We are making more improvements. Oh, there we go. I just heard a drill. Um, yep. <laughs> and we have actually. You have an office. Yes. Now a I'm real a- office. The first time in three years. Yes. So, uh, part of our part of our uh, church security plan yep. uh, that was written up for us by an outside source was to move the nursery to the children's area downstairs. Yeah. And so we um, took that, and uh, the space that was that was the nursery became the new prayer and meeting room slash nursery kind of like yeah. or, or quiet room would be the yeah, better quiet room you know um but so that that happened and the old quiet room is now my new office right so we actually have an administrator's office which is interesting actually yeah. I'll, be, I'll be honest it's interesting it works so much better yeah. it really does yeah it's more room from my the administration office and then the quiet group uh, the meeting room works so much better because it's bigger it's bigger and it doesn't have two entrances coming in mm -hmm. it was kind of awkward because we had two doors that were leading into that room so it kind of limited how much space we had for seats when the men would gather for men's prayer or any meetings that you would have yeah and i know i know i've been meeting with uh 
the deacon slash elder that we have here, and it's been it's been a good uh, thing. Like he's even said that um, it's a, a huge improvement. Like yeah. he he likes it. Uh, the men last week we had um, the most men we've ever had for the prayer group. Was it seven or eight? Seven. 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 And I mean, everybody just we, we still had. I think room. that was the week that you guys actually outnumbered the women. Yes. Yes. Because usually we average probably when all the women that attend about seven or eight on a weekly basis. Yes. A consistent weekly basis. Yeah. And, and usually you guys would be four. <laughs> Three or four. Yeah. So it was nice to see the men coming out to the men's prayer group. Yes. You know. So it's it's been interesting. It, it really has. We um, we definitely, we definitely, uh, it's been interesting. I, yeah. I will say that. But, uh, you know, in, in all in all things, it's, we're in a bittersweet time yeah. right now. Um, so uh, our hospitality director has stepped down from running the kitchen ministry she's still part of the team and but we also have another lady who recently started attending and has now stepped right into mm-hmm. the role and is really and doing a great job already super bowl super bowl sunday uh it was kind of interesting uh we had um Chocolate-covered strawberries in the form of footballs. Yeah. Um, which was funny because um, Don Elborn, who's a listener out there, he runs a, um, a Facebook group for Southern Baptists, and uh, he had asked, uh, you know, what did your church do for Super Bowl Sunday? And that was the only thing. I said, the only thing we did was have chocolate-covered strawberries in the shape of footballs. And he laughed. But, you know, that, that was it. <laughs> Patriots weren't in it. Yeah. Uh, it was hard. It was hard watching Tom Brady win a, a another championship with a n- different team, but that was it. But yeah, yeah um, we've got things going on, and we also have uh, the bitter part of yeah. this. The bitter sweet. Bitter sweet. One of our ladies that has been here for two years yeah. this month is moving back home, mm-hmm. and it's it's bittersweet. Because it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's she. She has served in pretty much every area of this church. Yeah, she's she's uh, our first impressions director. She, first impressions director, uh, kids camp, children's ministry assistant. She does all our announcements. She does some administration work to help me on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, she's part of the kitchen team on call. Yeah. Um. You name it, she's done it. You know, uh, she's she's been here for work days, you yeah. know, and yeah, so it's so um yeah, it's it's bittersweet because, you know, she's but, like and she's going it's not like so so the thing is for our listeners to hear, um she is leaving for the right reasons. Right. Her her right. father is her father's health is not doing well. Right. So she's moving back up to New Hampshire. To be with her family. Yeah. Uh, so she's going to be moving to Keene, New Hampshire. And I'm saying that because if any of our uh, listeners are, are, are in the New Hampshire area, in the Keene area, which I think is also on the Vermont border, yep. um, she she has said that she has learned so much about church revitalization, revitalization. over the last two years. And we yeah. have seen her grow. Oh, yeah. Um, Through the discipleship that yeah. I... 
Um, I was discipling her on a weekly basis, and she was getting ready to take over, you know, to disciple some people on her own. Right. It wasn't an easy decision for her, she said. You know, she said it's, it was very tough to... She said it's going to be tough to find a church family. Right, but that's why we're, we're bringing this up, because she's looking for a church. So yeah. um, if you listen to our podcast... Um, you can email me. I'll put I'll put my email in the um, uh, podcast description. But you can email me at dawn at legacysutton.com and uh, let me know if you know a church that yeah. we can pass on to her. She would be such a great blessing to any church that gets her because her, running the first impressions ministry, you know, the greeting, she has this warm smile, she's personable with others. People come in and they've said to us some of the main, you know, besides the teaching and the sermons, um, she just feels, they feel so comfortable because they are greeted by her and they feel loved and, you know, she's made such a difference. Yeah. So. But, you know, it's it's not the end of a, a friendship. It's the end of this chapter for us right, with her. Right. But it's not the end of the friendship. She's going to take what she's learned about revitalization and bless another church. Mm-hmm. So we give our full blessing with that. Right. So... So anyway, that's been Church Life Update yep. <laughs> with us. Yep. And if you have listened, if you have looked at the um, uh, the description, we are at episode 68 um, of this podcast, and uh, we keep chugging along this year. We said we were going to try to. Last week we uh, had the interview with Randy Adams, and I have just gotten confirmation from Eric that uh, we will be interviewing Mike Stone, another candidate uh, or nominee yep. for SBC president. And uh, we is will that be... This, in- is that this week? Uh, no, we're going to be interviewing him the end of the month. So oh, okay. I think we'll be getting that episode probably. We'll be interviewing him on a Thursday and getting that episode out for Friday. So... With that, uh, just so you know, that'll be the end of the month. So about the twenty sixth of February, we will be. That's that, good. That'll be the podcast episode. Okay. So, but we, if you looked at the description, we're talking about uh, premarital counseling. The importance of it. Yes, and this has been um, to say this has been a sore spot in my wife's uh, <laughs> my wife's wheelhouse. Um, is an understatement, and um, I guess how would we describe this? Like, why are we discussing this? And the reason being is because you and I. Well, I think I think we can both agree that probably in the years since we've been married, which is twenty two, um, probably about a dozen friends of ours have gone through a divorce yes and i believe they were all believers yes um i mean there's a couple that yeah I know a couple that we can we can kind of question right. in there um but it's but, becoming more so right it's, it's and it, it's it's one of those things where when we look at the church today you know we see it. Uh, the highest rate of divorce now is in homes. Yep. 
And, you know, what does that say to the world? Like, you know, think about it. Um, it, it people think of the church. They look at um, Christians. They, they think of no divorces. I mean, some people have that, um, that old mentality of, you know, church back in the 40s and 50s where, uh, you know, maybe one in every 300 was divorced, and and it was usually over a biblical reason, like right. faithfulness, abuse. abuse. Right. Um, what's this? What's the statistic now? Do you know? Ah, uh, I do not know. Honestly, um, I can look it up if you wanna. Um, I was just, I was just wondering. You know, I mean, it, and then how many of them don't go? Like, how many people might feel ashamed that you know they don't reach out to their pastor or their pastor's wife or a godly friend to let them know that they're struggling, mm. you know? And that's the thing. I mean, we, we, we... So the numbers are probably much higher than what we actually know. Right. And that's the thing. It's it's really... Um, I mean, it's a high number. 26% of people in churches. Um, a quarter. Yeah. A little bit more than a quarter. Yeah, 26%. Wow. So, and when was that study done? Uh, let's see. Um, looking at this, this is the this is a family law attorney. Um, that is. And that's Christian divorces. That's Christian divorces. Um, and it was saying like within the first eight years of of a Christian marriage is now the divorce rate. So that's that is mind blowing when you think of it. Uh, I mean, uh, so that means one out of every four Christian couples is getting divorced when we look at that number. So that's staggering. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do because um, people are are listening. You know, like uh, what you know, we we know what the world is saying. So we right. there isn't no sense in in looking at that. Um, right. you know, they're, they're, they're judging us for a lot of things. And I think you had even said this earlier, you know, what the rhetorical question Yeah, is, you know, if you have a non-believer that say a, a couple that's non-believers or, um, a friend that's a non-believer and they're en engaged to someone that's a non-believer and they kind of come to you with the question of, well, if the statistics are so high for Christian marriages, what's the point of even marry, marrying or looking for someone who is a believer? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kind of question, you know, like, are you being a hypocrite? Like, Right, right. And, I mean, we look at it, so, you know, our own story is, before we got married, we we went through premarital counseling, and our premarital... <laughs> Boot camp, boot camp. <laughs> but it was um, sixteen weeks of that's four months. Yep, premarital counseling, um, and we were told. I mean, we're honest. Um, you were nineteen. I was, I was nineteen, almost twenty. And I was uh, let's see, twenty four. Twenty four, almost twenty five. Yeah. Was yep. It? Yep. Yep. Because we're five years yeah, apart. Yeah, 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 that's right. Because ninety eight is when we got married. Yeah. So, so I mean that that was one of the factors that. Yeah. Our mentors were concerned about, but like he, like he had done a good thing, which was he had us um, sit down separately, 
write our priorities. Yeah. Um, got together and kind of kind of showed where priorities. It was kind of interesting how we did it. Um, I'm not going to get into the to to all the yeah right. things, uh, but it, what it was was uh, we both had God as number one. And family. And yep. But then it was like certain there were certain things there where for me I think there was something that was like number three that was at number eight for you and that was that was a, a, a warning because he his thing is if if it's one or two away, so if it's three for you and four for me or you know, four for for me and right, five for right. you, that isn't really something to worry about. But when it it's that far apart, it can cause issues. And we look at it and look at Christians today. What? Why are they divorcing? They give in to the worldly views. You know, it's not, the Bible is clear. You know, there there's only, um, if, if you're married to a non-believer mm-hmm. and they want a divorce, God right. doesn't hold it against you. Um, marital unfaithfulness and abuse. Mm-hmm. But the world today, like you. Right. We don't get along. Right. Well, I think the other thing, too, is, I mean, each individual couple is going to be a its own case, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense. Um, we were young. Uh, there were health issues. Mm-hmm. He was concerned, did I really understand that, you know, what it would mean that my husband was going to go into ministry? Yep. And I had, I really didn't have any idea. I really didn't, because I was so young, what that was going to look like, mm-hmm. you know, understanding. Um, and, you know how that was going to play into um, that you had lived on your own, I hadn't. Yep. Um, so there were a lot of different issues that, um, like our values were the same. Our mm-hmm. values were the same. That's yep. not what he was concerned about. He was concerned with the fact that, you know, you had lived on your own, you know, you... Um, I lived on my own. You were still living with your parents. Right. So I had I had more worldly experience. And, I mean, even after we went through the counseling, that still became a factor where, um, you know, I can remember in full transparency here, uh, you had a credit card and you maxed the credit card out. It was only a couple of hundred bucks, but it was one of those things where you weren't used to um, the way things were, you know. Um, and now, full transparency, we've learned you know, uh, 22 marriage, we've got a little savings in our bank account and, um, being in a revitalization, you're spending a lot of the, of your money into your church because, you know, your church is, is not able to fund itself. Um, and so in many cases, uh, the pastor and faithful, um, congregants will help the church in its need. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if, if if we had gotten into a revitalization when we were in our 20s, we'd be in a bad spot. Yeah, right. But this goes into the whole thing of the marriage counseling. So our second point is um, pastors are less focused. So why why are we talking about the, the necessity of... Premarital counseling. Right. And, and I mean, the high divorce rate is, is there. But, but there would be less marriage counseling if pastors took more seriously premarital counseling. Right. And even, even when it comes to marital counseling, let's be honest, a lot of pastors are not focused on that. Um, you know, they, they, they are pointed to, they're, they're pointing people more to professionals. They're, they don't want to, to deal with 
marital counseling in many ways. Um, we've, we've, you know, I mean, this, this is kind of, we've got three points here, but I mean, when we think about it, how many couples have we talked uh, to and what have they told us was their premarital counseling? Two weeks. Right, and what was discussed? Like, you know, bills, money, jobs, maybe kids. Yeah. Um, and that was it. But the other thing, too, is, you know, you have to uh, be, you know, when you get ready to make that decision, you have to be dating a believer. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, if you're not going to marry a believer, then you're gonna you're setting yourself up for failure in that sense. You yep. know, it's it's just gonna re- keep repeating whatever issues you have dated. If you don't have premarital counseling, they are gonna follow you into your marriage. Yep. And we've seen that. We've seen. Um... And no marriage is perfect. You're still gonna have problems, but you're gonna have God as the center, and you're gonna have a better understanding of one another. You have to understand each other. Like I, I think, I think. One of the hardest things for us to hear as a couple is when people say, you guys have the perfect marriage. <laughs> now, mm, you know, do, do we have disagreements? Yeah. You know, do we yell at each other at times? Yeah, if things get heated, you know, and we have something that we are, are frustrated with. Now, granted, we'll be honest, you know, sometimes it's a lack of sleep, Um Again, full transparency, I'm a seminary student, I work a full-time job, I pastor full-time, basically. Natalie can tell you, there are nights where I do not get to bed till midnight, and I have to be up at 4 o'clock the next morning to be able to go to my full-time job. So, um, I was just talking with one of our trustees, and I was saying, now at 47 years old, I have learned I enjoy naps on Sundays. So if there is no football game on Sundays, I'm usually taking a nap. Yeah. Um, because I need it. I need I need that recharge. But if I don't get the nap, I'm like a nasty little toddler who wants their own way <laughs> at the store. But that's the thing. You know, we've learned that it doesn't affect our marriage. Um you know, uh, it's that pattern. We've learned uh, what pushes each other's buttons, and we know when to back off because mm-hmm. we don't want to get into the fights. Right. So we don't do that. But in a lot of cases, we've seen it. There are couples that get married. I mean, we recently have seen um, one one young lady who's a Christian divorce her husband because she married a non-Christian. Yeah. And she thought missionary dating was going to be, um, you know, the thing. that right. Hey, I can just marry him and get him into church. Right. And that isn't she always the case. She had good intentions, but it. But that, that good intentions a good is intention. not. Right, right. Um, well, she thought she had good intentions. Right, right. Yeah. And, and uh, now we know of another woman who's going through a similar thing with a non-Christian spouse. And we sit there and we say, well, what was the premarital counseling? And, you know, a lot of times it, it, it's these things. And why are pastors this way? I, I think, I think honestly, a lot of people are going to probably yell at me for this, but I'm, I'm thinking the CEO-style pastoring is the thing. A lot of pastors are not, uh, especially in bigger churches, they're not as involved Right. They're relying on 
um, you know, uh, associate pastors, mm -hmm. and those associate pastors aren't as involved in right. their lives. Well, also back to what you were saying, because um, you're getting off a little bit. The, yeah, yeah. You know, back to what you were saying about what is discussed in premarital counseling. You know, it's kind of like the basic four. Okay, we're going to discuss finances. We're going to discuss kids. We're going to discuss um, career. Um, what else was the other two? That, um, um, bills, money. Bills, okay. Well, finances. Yeah. Um, anything else? Kids. Kids, yeah. But what if their wife has <laughs> chronic health issues? What if the husband's getting into ministry? Mm -hmm. It's almost like those are kind of overlooked. And yep. those are major, like, I remember our mentors had said, there are and they printed them out for us. Mm -hmm. These are major um, stress points mm -hmm. in a marriage and like bills finances were like number one health issues I still you know. laugh at one of the issues and we laughed at it and then we ended up having to deal with it was um, the toothpaste you know this sounds this is going to sound weird to, to our listeners but that was actually one of the, the major points was toothpaste um, but deep down, it's an underlying issue. Right. It's a but communication you know, and yeah, it's a communication. You know, and as they said, sometimes people like to squeeze from the middle. People like to squeeze from the bottom, uh, top to bottom, or, or bottom to top. Yeah. We solved that real, real thing with their counseling. We just buy two separate toothpaste now. Um, but that's that's the thing, and these issues become. You know, it, 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 like you said, it, they're they're an underlining thing. The reality is, pastors are not sitting there, looking, finding out what their values are. They're relying on on secondary people, um, mm -hmm. associates who, in in most cases, let's be honest, a lot of these associates don't have the skills in the pastoral counseling. Like, you know, most pastors, most senior pastors, have gone to seminary, or gone at least to a four year school and have gotten some kind of pastoral counseling uh, training, which deals with marital counseling. In you know a lot of cases where churches are bringing up pastors, they're just taking somebody from the congregation, seeing, hey, you have the qualifications for an elder, we're gonna make you an elder, you're also gonna be an associate pastor. This is one of the things that mm -hmm. um, has to, and I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing larger churches. Right, right. A lot of people will think I'm doing that. Right, I'm right. not. I'm just saying this is a point mm -hmm. that they need to think right, about. Right, right. So um, we're going to go with simple cures mm -hmm. on this. Um, and I'll go first. Uh, I'll say this, and it goes back to what I've just been talking about. Um, the pastor needs to meet with the couples. Yeah. You know. Um, if well, I think, too, along that line is having that relationship with the couple. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've heard of couples, they go to their pastor. They don't really have an ongoing relationship with that pastor. Mm -hmm. You know, our mentors have been our mentors for 25 years to this day. Yep. You know, and everything that we've gone through in our marriage probably would have tore us apart if it wasn't for God and the... And the um, marriage count premarital counseling that we had right you know right. to prepare us to even on those tough times you know because we mm -hmm. had health issues there were you know um i'll be transparent um when i was younger i was raped 
and that was an issue that I didn't even deal with. Yep. I didn't even deal. I didn't even really was honest to tell you until our first year of marriage. Yeah. And then it came out. You know, so those are issues that, I mean, yes, you know, as a pastor, sometimes you have to send the couple also to professional counseling if the pastor doesn't have some experience dealing with some of these issues. Mm -hmm. But you also need that biblical counseling. You need that biblical um, counseling, um, you know, to help. And I look back and everything that we've gone through, you know, we've had a miscarriage, you know, health issues, the rape, all these things, you know, even though I wish I, we hadn't gone through them, we took lessons from what we went through. Mm-hmm. And with the things that we learned in premarital counseling and the godly example of like your parents and everything and all, you know, not just our mentors, but your parents and the mentors that we had. Right. Was able to help us get through those. Right. And we can speak from personal experience. Um, and I mean, and so we'll go to the second point here, um, which is, you know, one, one thing to be doing is, is getting to know the couples, um, and not just the, the people married right. in your church, but you know, if you know that there are a couple that's dating, right. you know, you should be having dinners with them. Um, I've seen that with a number of pastors where they they're getting involved in that way. Um, and they train their elders up in that way. Invest so, in them early. Yeah. Right. So that way, they they can they can see what's going on in in the because then if when it comes to the point where say that young couple comes to you and they're like, oh, we we are talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. You're gonna start burning up. Okay. You know, if that's the case, then you need to seriously start thinking about doing some premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of them are like, hey, what's that? Right. You know? Um, and then the last part, um, and this is, you know, we, we say, we say uh, you know, share what works in your marriage. Now, for Natalie and me, uh, one of our things, and, and it's always simple to say, you know, just keep dating your spouse. Um, Don does really good with this. But... <laughs> But, um, you know, you got to keep the spontaneity in it. Um, There are times where uh, I can tell you're stressed or I know that you've been cooped up in in the home for too long. And I'll just say, let's go out. Now, it's tough with the pandemic. Uh, We used to have our $5 dates, as we called it, go to the coffee shop, buy a coffee and share coffee and buy a couple of donuts and um, just sit and talk. So you go through the drive-through and then you go for a drive. Right. You know, so you so, got to get creative. Yeah, and that's the thing is, it's being creative. It's finding what works. It's finding, you know, what things are there. Um, and you know, it, 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 that's ours. You know, what you have that you can share with people. You know, again, every church is different. Eric and I were talking about this last week with Randy. Every church is different, so every position, every situation. I mean, uh, we live in a region where Dunkin' Donuts is king, um, <clears throat> or Dunkin' now, as they are called. But uh, you know, you might live in an area where you like a Tim Hortons or a Bucky's or yeah. uh, even that other coffee, Starbucks. Um, but the thing is, is you know, go to those places. 
you know, find out what works. Maybe it's not a $5 date in that way. Maybe it's going to McDonald's. Maybe it's going to, um, you know, walk uh, a park or, or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you do those things and you work on your marriage. You know, um, the hardest thing for us, because, you know, now, like I've said, I'm a full-time student and a full-time pastor. Um, and and we've discussed this is we have to sometimes be able to have the time where we can just talk to one another. Right. And I mean, it's, not I think church. it's, right. I was just, man, that shows how much, you know, I was just going to say the same thing, but yeah, it, it's hard because you're in ministry together. So you're doing, you're on that journey together. And that's something that you share a passion and love for mm-hmm. the, the church, the people, but you have to realize that doesn't fully define who you are as husband and wife. And you have to be able to separate that and say, you know, this is Dawn and Natalie's time where we just, you know, talk about each other and, mm-hmm. you know, and put the other church stuff aside. Right, right. You know? So that's that's our sharing with you. You know, do, do we think premarital counseling is important? Absolutely, yes. 100%. It needs to... Top priority, and if you're not pastor, if you're not um, focused on premarital counseling, like if you're if if what we've said um, has challenged you, spoken to you, yeah, really look up. There are there are a lot of books, not just marriage help books, but there are. Um, I'm trying to remember before the ring. I think yep. was was the book that we got. We had to read. Um, you have the book, I think, now. Um, <laughs> I don't have it in mind. Uh, the Five Love Languages are also, I mean, that's a good book to, to, to understand what your love yep, language yep, is yep. and everything. But, but there are books out there to kind of help you work along a program with your um, couple that you are um, thinking of marrying. And, you know, don't think that it's going to be a simple thing of just sitting down and telling them, you know, this is what you need to focus on. A lot of times, you know, people are in a, uh, this is Jeff coming out in me. Um, as Jeff said, people are in love with the idea of being in love. That's right. And so we need to focus on. And the other, I just want to say the other thing he's, I remember him saying is he said when he ties a knot. It doesn't come undone mm-hmm. because he's like, this is serious. This is a vow that you're taking before God. And pastors have to take that responsibility, pastors and pastors' wives. Well, they have to, yeah, they have to take it seriously. You know, take what they're that. Doing. Right. You, you know, know it's, it's a vow before God. Yeah. You know, they need to invest in it, invest in it before it gets too late because those problems are just going to follow them right into their marriage. Right. And, you know, here's, here's the other little bit of advice I'm going to give you before we sign off is... If you know a couple that is at your church, you know, maybe the wife is coming to your church and the husband is far from God. You need to you need to find a way to invest in those people, Um, you know, go over and have dinner or or just, you know, find a way. It's difficult because when when one spouse is a Christian and the other one isn't, it's tough. It's tough. But if you can invest in. Uh, their lives showing that you really genuinely care, yep. you can help the spouse win the other to Christ. So just know that and, you know, pray and ask how you can be used to God to help uh, in this situation because 
you have a role of of being the shepherd, and part of that is helping helping strengthen marriages. Absolutely, and know that we're praying for you guys. Yep. So with that, uh, to sign off, I am Don McKinnon, pastor of Legacy Church in Sutton, Massachusetts, and with me has been Natalie. Uh, McKinnon, a church administrator of Legacy Church. Now, now that she has her own office, she's she's excited. She's getting a sign in another week for the door, so she's she's excited. So we will see you uh, next week, and until then, God bless and um, keep God first in your revitalization.